Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Redeeming Grace Church and Happy New Year to all of you. My name is Krista. I'm the youth director here. I'm excited to be with you. And one could really not ask a better way to kick off the new year, but to gather together with God's people to study God's word, to enjoy fellowship with one another, but also get to fellowship and to worship our living God. So today we're going to turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 21 to 38. And this is going to be the last message in our Advent series, Light in the Darkness. The past few weeks we have studied and we have celebrated the birth of Jesus. And hopefully as we head into this new year, we don't want to leave behind the joy, the thrill, and the hope of Jesus' first coming. But we want to bring that salvation and redemption that we find in Jesus with us into the new year and allow it to shape the rest of our lives as we wait for his return. So let's turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 21 to 38, and Abby is going to read the text for us. <laughs> and at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to, uh, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to the Lord to, uh, and to speak of him to who all were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Thank you. That is the word of the Lord, so let us go and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, when your word is preached, your Holy Spirit is at work. And so, Lord, I pray that as we look into this text, that you be working in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you will reveal to us a greater and better picture of who Jesus is. So, Lord, as we jump into this text, just guide us each step of the way and fill us with your spirit as we do so. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the word Advent itself means arrival. And we spent the past few weeks reflecting on Jesus' arrival. 
And we celebrate the Advent because it's an opportunity to slow down and remember God's redemptive plan through the person and the work of Christ. We spent the past few weeks in the first two chapters of Luke and we've seen the unfolding and increasing presence of light that broke into the darkness to bring redemption, to bring life, to bring hope, and most importantly, to bring Jesus. So in Luke chapter 2, 21 to 38, Jesus' parents bring him to the temple. And here we're introduced to God's faithful people who after waiting were blessed to witness the one they were waiting for. We see Jesus' parents faithfully obeying God's law and we see Simon and Anna who are witnesses to the identity of Jesus as God's faithful redeemer. So as we look into our text today, we'll focus on two things. God's faithful witnesses and God's faithful redeemer. As we jump into our text, let us remember that this was not a high point in Israel's history. This was a dark time for Israel because they were under the oppression of pagan Roman rulers. And in the midst of this darkness, we see faithful parents and faithful witnesses to God's incredible work of salvation. So in our first point today, we're going to look at God's faithful witnesses. So the first point, God's faithful witnesses first, faithful parents, Joseph and Mary. Look with me in verses 21 to 24. And at the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb should be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Joseph and Mary are obeying God's word. In verses 21 to 24, they're fulfilling their religious obligations. And in this text, we see three. We see Jesus' circumcision, Mary's purification, and then Jesus' presentation in the temple. We see in verse 10, 21 that they circumcised him on the eighth day as it's commanded in Leviticus chapter 12. It was also the custom to name someone on the day of his circumcision, and we see that Joseph and Mary did so. And they named their son Jesus, which means God saves, just as the angel of the Lord had instructed them in Luke chapter 1, verse 31. Now, according to Leviticus 12, Mary had to undergo rites of purification after giving birth. And so Mary and the whole family, they traveled together to Jerusalem for Mary's purification and to do so according to the law of God. And one thing that's worth noticing here is that the sacrifice for Mary's purification according to the Old Testament requires a lamb. Yet if someone could not afford that, it made provision and allowed for two birds to be offered as a sacrifice instead. And so Luke is indicating that Joseph and Mary weren't wealthy enough and they could only afford to offer two birds. By this, Luke shows us that Joseph and Mary, they were likely a poor family. And so even though he's hinting at their financial status, he's focusing more on the fact that they were faithful and they were obedient and dedicated to God's word. 
And finally, Joseph and Mary presented Jesus to the temple according to the custom of the law, as one can find in Exodus chapter 13, verses 2 and 12. So Joseph and Mary were faithful by being obedient and keeping God's word. They committed their lives to God. And they were committed to raising their child according to God's word. And we will see why this is important in the second point. But now let's look at another faithful witness. Let's turn to Simeon in verses 25 to 27. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now from all accounts, Simeon was an ordinary older Jewish person. But here's a few observations about Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He wasn't just casual about his relationship with God, but he was devoted and careful to live his life according to God's word. Simeon was righteous because of his faith, and we see that most clearly in the fact that he was willing to wait. Luke tells us that Simeon was waiting, and if you're anything like me, you probably don't like waiting. And there's a lot of things that one can wait for. But Simeon is waiting for God to fulfill his promises. But the most fascinating thing about Simeon is like Elizabeth and Zechariah in chapter 1. He is filled with the Spirit and the Spirit is revealing to him remarkable things about Jesus. And so Simeon testifies to his identity. Now I don't want us to miss what's happening here. The Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus. The Holy Spirit is pointing to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is at work and is revealing to Simeon Jesus' true identity. This is the Spirit of God testifying to Jesus. Simeon was filled with faith, patiently trusting on God to make good on his promises. And here in this first century, this unknown man who was waiting faithfully testifies as a witness to the greatest miracle of human history. But he is not the only one who bears witness. Anna is bearing witness to Jesus too. Look with me in verses 36 to 38. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. And then as a widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Luke is telling us that Anna was a godly widow and advanced in years. But most importantly, look at her reaction when she encountered Jesus. Like Simeon, this unknown woman testifies to Jesus' identity. And the text doesn't tell us how, but we can assume that it's the Holy Spirit that's revealing this to Anna. And when that happened, she began to testify and to speak of him to all who were waiting for God's Redeemer. Simon and Anna don't have important roles of leadership and status. They're not celebrities. And you know what? We never ever hear anything about them again except what is written in this text. After all those years waiting, 
fasting, praying, worshiping God, they both had the remarkable experience of seeing Jesus as an infant and bearing witness to him as God's faithful redeemer. Which brings us to our second point. God's faithful redeemer. Jesus is God's faithful redeemer who will fulfill the law and fulfill God's promises to Israel and bring salvation to all nations by his death. And how one response to Jesus will result in their fall or their rising. God's faithful redeemer was born under the law. Earlier we saw that Jesus' parents were devout and law-abiding by performing all the relig religious rituals according to the law. And in doing so, we learn a few things about Jesus. As we read earlier in verse 21, at the end of eight days, he was circumcised. He was called Jesus, the name given to him by the angel. So Jesus was circumcised and named in accordance with the Old Testament. The name Jesus is, is the Greek name for the Hebrew name Joshua, which means God saves. And of course, this is a fitting name for Jesus. And we also see Jesus presented at the temple in verse 22. We read, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And so this goes to show us that from his childhood, the very beginning of his life, even when it was impossible for Jesus to obey God's law by his own will, his parents did for him. This was because Jesus must fulfill all righteousness. Which brings to mind Galatians 4. Galatians 4 verses 4 to 5 read, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption of sons. Paul wrote Galatians 4 with this text in mind. This is when the fullness of time had come. This is the moment that God sent forth his son. And it was Jesus who was born of a woman, Mary. And so what Luke wants to get our attention to, he wants to show us that God had a long-term plan for the birth of his son under these laws. God was working out his redemptive plan throughout history to prepare the ground for Jesus. Jesus was born under the law and Jesus fulfilled the law and on the cross, he brought an end to all the regulations of the law. And all this is crucial because it goes to show us that from the very beginning of his life, Jesus began to identify with us. He began to identify with sinners and to fulfill the law in every way. Jesus begins to fulfill the law in Jerusalem, in the temple. And what started on the temple one day will continue throughout the rest of his life until he comes back to Jerusalem, to the temple, to die on a cross. Jesus will have to obey the law perfectly or he couldn't be the perfect sacrifice. One of the reasons why Jesus came to the earth was to fulfill the law. And so as a man, Jesus lived in perfect obedience to all that God had decreed for humanity and fulfilled the law of God. And in doing so, he, was, he became a perfect sacrifice who, provide, who could provide atonement for our sins. Now, why is this significant for us? It's significant because a holy God demands a holy people. A holy God demands a holy people who keep the law perfectly. 
But there is no way for us to do that. But Jesus does this perfectly. And we're starting to see that in this text. The truth is that no one is able to fulfill God's law perfectly. We all fall short on all accounts. And that can be very discouraging, especially when we try our best and still fall so short. So here's why the gospel is good news. Because even though we can't fulfill God's law perfectly, Jesus does. And in doing so, as we read in Galatians 4, 5, he can redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. You see, Jesus, he identifies with us in our sin so that we can identify with him in his holiness and fulfillment of the law. It's Jesus alone who fulfills the law and takes away the curse of the law. Jesus' obedience to the law was absolutely necessary to bring salvation to every man and woman from every tribe, tongue, and nation. So here's the first thing that Luke tells about Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's the only human being who ever fulfilled the law of God. He's the only one who could. And so this is the beginning of Jesus' lifelong obedience to God. And so Jesus fulfilled the law in order to redeem God's people. Now earlier when we look at Simeon and Anna, we saw that they were waiting for something. But let's dig a little bit deeper and see what is that they're waiting for. The verse 25, we see they're waiting for the consolation of Israel. Then in the verse 38, we read, waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And so let's unpack that a little bit. What is the word consolation? To console means to alleviate grief or to take away a sense of sorrow, a trouble, and pain. Consolation and redemption point to the same thing. This language comes out of the Old Testament book of the prophet Isaiah and speaks of the full restoration of God's people. All this is symbolic language that points to the Messiah who will come and bring comfort and who will remove sorrow. So in verse 26, it had been revealed to him, Simeon, by the Holy Spirit that he will not see death before he sees the Lord's Christ. Now Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ comes from the Greek name Christos which means the anointed one, which is translated in Hebrew, the Messiah. So now let us remember that in the Old Testament, we read that the, all, the Jewish people had gone through a lot of suffering. They experienced suffering through slavery, through wandering in the wilderness, war, national division, corruption and exile. And so imagine Israel at the time broken and, over, and overrun by corrupt Roman leaders at the brink of the collapse. God's people longed for God's comfort. They longed for redemption. They longed for the Messiah. And so when the Holy Spirit led Simeon to the temple in God's providence, he encountered God's anointed one. He encountered the Messiah who will redeem God's people. And so Simeon was holding a child in his arm, yet Simeon saw in this child something more. He saw the fulfillment of all the hopes and dreams of the Jewish people. And he did not see this with his own eyes, 
But it was the Holy Spirit that revealed this to him. This baby did not have anything in his appearance to make him look like the Messiah. And if he had been standing there apart from the Holy Spirit, you would not know that the Savior of the world is right in front of you. And yet God's word says, he came in the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. Simeon testifies to Jesus' parents and to us that Jesus is the Lord's Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the consolation. Jesus is the redemption that God's people have been waiting for. Jesus is God's faithful redeemer. He's God in the flesh who came to rescue us. And so Simeon blesses God for he is seeing the fulfillment of God's promises. To understand how important this moment is, to understand how significant it is for God's people, to understand how important this moment is in God's redemptive history, look at Simeon's word, verse 29. Lord, now, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Simeon is saying this was so much worth waiting for that he can now die in peace. God has kept his promises. Verse 30, my eyes have seen your salvation. Even as an infant under the revelation of the Holy Spirit, Simeon can see that Jesus is the one the prophets prophesied about. Jesus is the one that Israel has been waiting for. Jesus is the one that Abraham was looking forward to. Jesus is what we've been waiting for since Adam and since the promise of the first gospel in Genesis 3.15. Jesus is God in the flesh. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. This child is God's answer to our need for a Redeemer. And not only that, but Jesus is the Redeemer for both Jews and Gentiles. Verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And so what we see here is that Jesus is the Savior of the whole world, both for the Jews and the Gentiles. And the Gentiles is a, a Gentile is someone who is not a Jew, so pretty much most of us. So Jesus is bringing the revelation of God. He's bringing the light of God. He's bringing the understanding of God. And he's bringing this revelation to the whole humanity. This is not my illustration, but I heard that and I think it will be helpful. Is Imagine when you're when it's late at night and it's really dark and you turn on the light. Now that light is great. It's, it allows you to read your Bible. It allows you to do work around the house. And that's what the Old Testament is for God's people. It gives the knowledge of God. But then when you're sitting in that room and the sun is rising, now a gray light has come and that light permeates every corner of the house. And you know what? It lights not only just one room, it lights the whole world. And this is what this text is telling us about Jesus. Jesus, the light has come and is shining brighter and is shining over all the earth. This child is the answer to man's sin that has reigned for thousands of years. God has been promising a deliverer. God has been promising salvation. And here, as Simeon was looking at this little baby, he saw God's salvation. 
And this passage presents an invitation both to the Jewish people and the rest of us. It calls us to respond to God's faithful Redeemer by putting our faith in Christ. And so considering what is, this, what is said about this baby, it's understandable that Joseph and Mary marveled as we see in verse 33. Simeon blessed the parents. But at this high moment, the text wants to show us not only that Jesus is God's faithful Redeemer, who will redeem God's faithful people, but also that he will do that at a great cost. Remember, Simeon was under the power of the Holy Spirit. Simeon was, was able to look at the baby Jesus and see God's faithful Redeemer. But he was able to see more than that. Look with me in verses 34 and 35. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Simeon could see that Jesus was appointed for the fall and rising of many. Jesus was a sign that is opposed, and all this is pointing to the cross, the cross that was so unexpected. You see, most people expected the Messiah to be a king, but they did not expect the Messiah to be crucified. And that's most likely because they had a limited view of the Messiah. They focused only on the prophecies that appealed to them, such as that he will reign over the entire earth, that he will be sitting on the throne of David, that he will restore Israel. But for God, those promises and prophecies that speak about him being a man of sorrows, being despised, being rejected. And so turning to Mary, Simeon speaks to her about the cross and the effect the cross will have on the nation and upon her. And so perhaps under the power and the revelation of the Holy Spirit, Simeon could see Mary standing at the cross, looking up at her son seeing him being despised, rejected, tortured, crucified. How Israel responds to Jesus will determine their fate now and forevermore. How every man and woman responds to this Jesus will determine his and her faith both now and forevermore. Jesus will either cause their fall or the rising. Eternal destiny hinges upon your response to these men. Jesus is the dividing point of history. Jesus is the point at which hearts can be revealed. And so to put that simply, how one responds to Jesus determines an eternal destiny. Those who reject Jesus will be judged according to the law. And according to the law, we're all guilty and deserve God's wrath and punishment. But for those who accept Jesus as God and Savior, will receive salvation. So in the second point, the text shows us that Jesus was born under the law and perfectly obeyed the law. He did that to redeem God's people, but he did it at a great cost by giving his own life. Jesus purchased our salvation by his own blood. 
dying on the cross for our redemption because we could never keep the law perfectly. This is the great redeemer they were waiting for. Jesus, the great redeemer, Simon and Anna bear witness to and testify as the one who saves. And so what are we to do now in response to this? How do we apply what we're hearing this morning? Now listen, for, for our church family, I think this text is bringing into light the question is, what, what is that you're waiting for? What are you waiting for and how are you waiting for it? You know, there was a time when God's people waited for Christ to come. And Christ did come and praise and glory be to God for that. But now we're waiting for Christ to come again. Are you looking forward to him coming again? What are you waiting for tomorrow will determine how you live today. And so how are we to wait? As I said earlier, if you're anything like me, you don't like waiting. And waiting can be difficult. I know that a lot of times in my life I get impatient. I get distracted. I lose focus. Waiting is really difficult when we forget what is that we're waiting for. We are waiting for God's Redeemer to come back and finish what He started. We're waiting for a great Redeemer to come back and until then, let us be like Simeon and Anna. Let's imitate and learn from their examples. They both dedicated and devoted their lives to God. And so I think they're a wonderful example for us as we wait. Let us be devoted to God. Let us be faithful parents. Let us be faithful to live according to God's word. Let us raise our kids according to God's word. Let us seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And especially as we jump into our Bible reading plan, we want to read our Bibles, but there is a reason why we want to read our Bibles, because we want to have a greater revelation of who Jesus is, because we want to see more of him. So every time that you open your Bibles, ask the Holy Spirit to show you Jesus. And not only that, but Simeon was under the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what led him to the temple. So let us ask the Holy Spirit to lead us throughout our day. And to continue to reveal us Christ all the days of our lives. Let us learn from the example of Anna who was not defined by her circumstances. But by her devotion to God. She continued to worship with fasting and prayer every day and every night. And so as we head into this new year, let us be devoted to God. Because now we're not under the curse of the law. Now we, God has given us a greater blessing. He has given us His Holy Spirit that will help us to do those things and to continue to be faithful. And if you're here this morning and you're not sure where you are in your spiritual journey and you won't describe yourself as a follower of Christ, I'm glad that you're here. I believe it's God's will that you're here this morning. And so I want you to invite you to think about Simeon. How did Simeon know that Jesus is God's faithful redeemer? Jesus will have looked like any other baby. It was the Holy Spirit 
that revealed to Simeon that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Listen, if you don't know Jesus as your Redeemer, I want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal you who Jesus is. Jesus came to show us God's love. Jesus came to bring us peace and to bring us salvation. And so invite the Holy Spirit to introduce you to the Savior of the world and your Redeemer. And you can do that today, January 1st, 2023. But if you have questions and the Spirit is steering your heart, Kenneth earlier mentioned Christianity Explored. This is a wonderful way to go and learn more about Christ. Take advantage of those opportunities. God sent his son because he, want, he wants people to receive God's salvation. And that salvation is available to you today. That's the most important question we can ask this year. And really the most impor important question in our lives. Who do you say Jesus is? And so I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll say he's your redeemer. God is faithful to fulfill his word to those who wait. Jesus came and he's coming back. You can trust on God to make good on his promises. And until Jesus returns, let us testify to him and bear witness to him. Let us pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father. Lord, thank you that you have sent your son to bring salvation Lord, please help us to never take this lightly. Lord, this is so remarkable that Simeon could die in peace. That's the comfort you bring and the comfort you allow us to experience by putting our faith and trusting in Christ. Lord, when your word is being preached, your Holy Spirit is at work. And so, Lord, I pray that you continue to steer our hearts to seek after Christ. Lord, I pray that we will all continue to ask and pray and seek that you will fill us with your spirit and you continue to reveal Christ to us. Thank you, Lord, for this great redemption. Thank you, Lord, for this great savior. As we head into this new year, wherever you're taking us, Lord, help us to be faithful. Help us to be led by the Holy Spirit and help us to do all those things for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.